Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. My name is Andrew Schreier, and today we're going to talk about decision-making, and it's a big part of everyday life from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to bed. Our lives are full of choices and decisions that we make, and one of the questions right off the bat would be, like, how many? And that probably depends on who you ask, but and doing a little bit of research from Cornell University, it was estimated that the average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. And some of these choices and the implications are small scale, while others can potentially be catastrophic. And I believe we can all relate to the need to make decisions and the tough ones we sometimes have to make in situations we most likely would prefer not to even be in but life happens and sometimes i say to people we often have to choose our way through it and that's where decision making is a really big part of how we deal with situations how we reach our goals how do we get to somewhere we're trying to go to how do we get through something and recognizing also it's a way for us not to fall back into what we're trying to change or do And one of the issues that I have with the idea of making decisions, it's one of my own beliefs that it's encouraged simply by saying to someone, we'll just make the right choice. In making the right decision and nothing will go wrong or make the best decision, everything will be okay. Make the right choice and you'll get there. Decision making isn't the easiest of things to do. But when we just say that, you know, we'll just make the right choice, make the best decision. It sounds like we're saying it's really easy to do and it's not. You know, everyone can look at times in their lives in which they reflect back and say, I made the wrong choice. Wow, if I didn't make that decision, where would I be today or with a particular incident or situation? Making the right decision can be tough. It can be challenging. It can be the hardest thing to do and ultimately it doesn't guarantee the outcome or result you are hoping for it's another reason why i'm a big believer in learning how to surrender the outcome because whenever i talk with someone about making a decision or decision that they're faced with there isn't ever a spot where i go yeah if you make this one this is going to get you what you want or what you're hoping for They ultimately have to realize that they might make the best decision or a good decision and it might not lead to that. So where where do they lie then when it comes to knowing which one's the best one to do? Do I know if this is right? And you can beat yourself up back and forth going through it. But ultimately, we do have to make decisions. And the goal of this really this episode is to kind of introduce you to two different choices and how I've seen this impact the lives of those affected by addiction and recovery. In doing so, whether or not you are someone who has an addiction or is in recovery, knows a family member or a loved one who has an addiction, a counselor or a mental health professional, if you make decisions, this can potentially be beneficial to you. So pretty much anyone falls into that. So this episode really explores the differences between making a smart and or strong decisions. What do we make decisions on in regards to addiction and recovery? Well, people make decisions on getting help, 
how that's going to be, what that's going to be, make decisions on how to maintain sobriety, how to even get to sobriety, risky situations when it comes to family, friends, finances, employment, you know, schooling, education. There's a lot of decisions that people make in regards to addiction and recovery that are involved in every parts of their lives. When you work with people with addiction recovery, you talk about the importance of decision-making a lot when it comes to treatment and how do they make decisions and the choices that they made in the past, repeating ones before. Do they even know how to make good decisions and use problem-solving skills? You can say that someone who is actively using and under the influence of their addiction they're, they're not the best at making decisions. Most often, the decisions made are for the sole purpose of continued use or returning to use. One of the main things that you know that the decision is kind of tough to look at as a good one is because alcohol and drug use impacts our brain's decision-making capabilities. It directly impacts parts of the brain that are responsible for making those decisions. So when it's hijacked or under the influence, it's not functioning in the way that it should. Addiction relies on being impulsive, acting without thinking, not thinking of the consequences, irrational thinking, reacting on emotions. A lot of defense mechanisms are in place and other cognitive distortions that are there in order to keep the individual caught in the cycle of ongoing use. So therefore, when someone is able to get sober, we emphasize the need to make decisions for their recovery. High-risk situations, dealing with stressors, managing problems, and making choices become challenging situations in which a decision is made that could lead to continued abstinence and recovery or could lead to using again. So... We talk about it a lot that this one decision you make about this incident could potentially affect your recovery. And that's a question that's asked a lot is, well, how does that affect your abstinence? How does that affect your plans to stop using? How does that affect uh, goals of wanting to maintain it? So we often reflect that a lot or we use those as like anchor questions that when someone is faced with the decision, whether it be work, whether it be family, peers, you know, leisure time, all that, we'll throw in there, well, how does that impact your recovery? Because there's a belief that potentially a decision in those realms could potentially lead back to using. So it's brought up a lot. And there's a lot of programs that even teach problem solving skills, particularly. We often try and use strength as like our first choice in some dealing with problems and situations. And in addiction recovery, being strong often leads to trying to control it or doing it on your own, which often does not work. Whenever I've worked with someone in treatment and counseling, I was not their first stop. I was not their first option. Most of the time they have tried doing it on their own. They have tried to be strong about by managing it, controlling it. And a lot of unsuccessful attempts, increased consequences, and things getting more and more out of hand leads people to 
seeing me and leads people to getting into treatment or leads people to consequences that are so severe that gives them the option of seeing me like getting arrested, thrown in jail, or maybe they uh, overdose and they're given the option or recommendation to go to treatment. So a lot of times the attempt to be strong has already been proven unsuccessful. But people still really try to be strong. It's very tempting to do that. And when you try and be strong, you are going against the idea of being powerless against addiction. You go back to old thinking and ways of trying to deal with it in the past as opposed to new ways of learning how to manage it. Most likely, Smart decisions have led to someone's ability to maintain sobriety, to get help, to walk away from a situation, to use new thinking, to use new coping skills. Those were smart decisions. Not often are those known as strong decisions. When someone with a substance use disorder uses that substance, they lose control. They're unable to manage. Consequences happen. Damage is caused. Everything else becomes a distant fighting priority while addiction takes center stage. Addiction can kill individuals, destroy families, ruin careers, deplete all finances. It can incarcerate some of the toughest individuals. And this is something we believe being strong about is the answer. It is not. Recovery requires you to be smart. So how do we begin to understand the difference between making a strong decision or a smart decision? Can we ultimately do both in order to increase our efforts to maintain sobriety or continue to engage in recovery, reach the goals we want, build trust with family, you know, get that job we want, the career, do new things, and that's what we want to ultimately come down to is which one do we think is going to do that for us. I remember when this concept was planted as a little seed in my mind. This is, I can remember this day and what was going on with really good memory. I can picture where certain people were, but when I first started working in a halfway house, I was running a group. And one of the participants was talking about really wanting to go into a bar, purchase a shot, an alcoholic beverage, smell the alcohol, and give it back to the bartender. Ultimately, he wanted to prove he was strong enough to do that, stronger than his addiction, stronger than a little shot of alcohol that he was stronger than something that was a liquid that there's no way this little thing could be stronger than him and he really tried to convince the group that that is something he could do and he really wanted to prove that and part of my humor for a moment but who does that i mean who orders something to smell it and give it back to prove they are strong enough to resist. I don't I don't see some guy at the restaurant ordering the the heart attack burger so he can smell it and give it back to prove he can be strong enough to resist the temptation to eat it. Like when you order something 
you usually order it to consume it, to have it. At least that's my experience when it comes to food and drink. So who who does that? I've not seen someone really do that. Or I just haven't seen someone successfully do that. The most concerning part about this was recognizing he was really trying to prove his strength against alcohol. He really wanted to prove he was stronger than the alcohol. The thought in my mind, you know, as he's talking about this and we're in the group was, you know, he's trying to convince the the group's even trying to convince him otherwise. And they were even saying things, you know, like if you hang around the barbershop sooner or later, you're going to get a haircut and they're trying to almost be more of the counselor than I am. I mean, I'm doing less talking and when you're running groups, that's, that's an amazing thing. But you also know when a group of people with addiction are really challenging someone else and going against him, there's something that this person's not seeing when even the rest of your group members are trying to convince you otherwise. But I remember sitting there and as he was talking and trying to convince him otherwise, and they're trying to talk to him. I remember I turned to my left and there was this little, um, side area where there's a TV on and there's some books on and it was right by the door and in my head, and I don't know why this stood out in my head. I just imagined that addiction was leaning on the corner just with a big, big ass smile grin on its face. Like this is exactly what the addiction wants. The addiction wants him to think he's strong enough to go into the bar And why is that? Because ultimately, if he goes into the bar, that's like a win for the addiction. Because that's where the addiction wants you. It wants you in a high-risk situation. This whole scenario that I really remember with this guy enlightened me about addiction wanting us to try and be strong. I know I needed to be able to help people recognize the difference between making a strong and or smart decision. And this was years ago. This was probably going on probably, you know, seven years ago. And just recently, probably a few months ago, this came up again. Another group that I had about, you know, when we make decisions and trying to How do we know which is the best one that we're going to make? How do we know if we're making a strong one or a smart one? I literally sat down and wrote down criteria for what I look at as what falls under a strong decision and what falls under a smart decision. And the next group that I had, I actually wrote these out to share with the group. And we processed different decisions that, like, what does that fall under And it was really helpful to the point where, you know, all the guys in the group were, they took pictures of the whiteboard with it. And even the week after, some of them talked about how they've used it in different situations. And we still refer to it quite often. You know, when someone talks about a decision they're making or a situation they're faced with, you know, and they talk about what they're going to do. Sometimes I will even ask that, well, do you think this is a smart decision? Do you think this is a strong decision? 
So I'm gonna provide you with that same criteria. When we look at a strong decision, these are some of the characteristics of it. Testing weaknesses, going towards high risk situations, proving to others, attempts to use willpower, reacts on emotions, I can do it on my own, fights to control. When it comes to a smart decision, we look at knowing own limits, avoids high risk situations, doing it for myself, accepts powerlessness, responds with logic, I need help, and practices surrendering. Now I want you to imagine two individuals in like a, a competition type scenario in which they are faced with the same obstacle. One individual is going to try and take the strong route in order to overcome it while the other individual is going to try and take the strong route in order to overcome the same obstacle. And in my mind, I'm thinking about like the old show American Gladiators with the two competitors. And instead of the usual American Gladiator type challenges, I want to adjust it a little bit in order to focus on how this applies to addiction and recovery. So imagine the two individuals who are representing being smart and being strong facing the same challenge. Now, let me be clear. I'm rooting for both individuals to make it. I am hoping both can make their way through the challenges and obstacles and reach their goal of abstinence, whether it be for the next hour, day, weeks, years, or whatever. But hopefully by using this kind of imagery, you can understand the need to see which one of these choices is best for you when faced with such difficulties and challenges. So imagine this, two individuals in recovery from alcohol use being tempted with the idea of going into the bar. Two individuals in recovery from drug use receiving a phone call from an old using peer. Two individuals contemplating whether to continue attending support meetings. Two individuals whose lives are being destroyed by addiction being offered the opportunity to go into treatment. Now let's review the criteria with these specific situation. So the two individuals with the challenge of going into a bar, the strong decision will attempt to go into the bar that tests weaknesses, while the smart decision will not go into the bar because it knows its limitations. Two individuals with the challenge of receiving a call from an old using peer, the strong decision will attempt to answer it, which places it closer to risk because now they're talking to the old using peer, while the smart decision will avoid the high risk situation by not answering it or deleting the number or even blocking it. Two individuals contemplating continuing to attend support meetings. The strong decision will attempt to do it on their own while the smart decision will recognize the need for help. Two individuals being offered the opportunity to go into treatment. The strong decision will fight to control it, while the smart decision will practice surrendering in order to heal and get better. So imagine these scenarios playing out in our American Gladiator addiction and recovery, smart versus strong competition 
we've created. Both individuals can still overcome the challenge and they could potentially still reach their desired outcome. They both can also succumb to their challenge. They might slip, they might fall, they might relapse. Both have the potential to reach their goal. Both have the potential to also face some potential consequences. But ultimately, which one would you rely on to get you to what you want in those situations? If you were faced with those challenges in your recovery, which one would you want to lead you to get there? Making a strong decision or making a smart decision? I also want you to imagine the audience when it comes to this scenario. You know, you can, when you remember watching the show, it used to be the family members supporting them and they'd kind of show a little video of them cheering them on and whatnot. And this is what I remember from sitting in that group room with that guy when I looked into that corner is honestly ask yourself, who is addiction rooting for and who is recovery cheering on? I know addiction wants to believe all those things that fall under making a strong decision while recovery is hoping you rely on the smart decision. I mean, think about it for a moment. Addiction wants you to go into the bar. It wants you to answer the call from the old using friend. It wants you to stop going to support meetings. It wants you to refuse to go to treatment. The smart decision, on the other hand, wants you to avoid the bar, to not answer the call from the using peer, to continue to go to meetings because you need help, and to go to treatment because that's best for your substance use disorder or problem. So I want to, and this is a, a good point, is let me hit you with a real, a very real outcome. Let's take the situation of going into the bar. So remember that story of the group participant. I know for one thing, the person who does not go into that bar will not relapse in that bar. As long as they do not go in there, they cannot drink in there. They can choose to go somewhere else. But at least I know they won't relapse in that bar. We're going to call the bar Bar. That's the name of it. I know if that person never goes into Bar, they won't relapse in Bar. The person who goes inside the bar could relapse there and can elsewhere. So I'm going to ask again, ultimately, which one would you rely on when it comes to decisions that could literally mean life or death? Because when we make decisions, and this is why we often ask, you know, does this, how does this affect your recovery? Does this, could this lead you back to using? It's because the decisions that you make in day-to-day life, from little ones to big ones, especially ones that come with high risk or ones that come with a lot of pressure, these could lead to continued sobriety or it could eventually lead down the path of using again. 
So one of the questions is always, can you be smart and strong? Yes, but only if you utilize the, the, the strongest muscle we have, which is our mind. Therefore, it's even more essential to look at the need to be smart in order to have the strength we need. Doing what is harder requires strength. Making and carrying through with the smart choice requires a lot of strength. In the examples before, it's easier to answer a phone call from an old using peer. Or is it easier to block their number? Is it easier to stay away from the bar or harder to go into the bar? Is it easier to accept help or to try and do it on your own? The easier choices are to answer the phone, go to the bar, do it on your own. Anyone with an addiction has probably done those things. It's very easy to do. So it is harder to make the smarter choice. So by making the smarter choice, we utilize our brain. And our brain is an important function of decision-making ability. So I'm going to leave you with three tips. So first of all, make sure that you listen to those criteria again that separates the two. So I'm going to pose three questions to help when it comes to utilizing what we talked about in this episode. Number one, ask yourself, what decision am I faced with? What decision am I currently facing or potentially making with some choices, some outcomes, the implications? What is the decision I am facing? Number two, am I about to make a decision that reflects on being strong or being smart? This is where you want to review those checklists of characteristics to see which one it falls under. I've done this in group with the guys. It's a guy group. And I'll tell you, it does make a difference when you can check these off and realize, wow, I'm I'm making I'm about to make a strong decision. And that might not go so well. How do I find a decision that's that falls more under the being smart? Number three, what decision might lead back to using? And what decision would best help reach my goals in recovery? More than likely, a strong decision is going to increase the likelihood of going back to using, while a smart one hopefully increases the likelihood of maintaining abstinence or reaching goals that you've set for yourself. One of the things I want to conclude with is Proverbs 24, 3 through 6, is the quote, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. By making smart decisions, you exercise the strongest muscle that could be the difference between using or abstinence. 
incarceration or freedom and in some circumstances death or life it doesn't say a strong man is full of wisdom it says a wise man is full of strength i'm going to conclude with this i stopped wishing people good luck a long time ago because i felt like that was like what else do i say but good luck i mean that you know when you're saying bye to someone when they're leaving treatment you know like a 90-day program or um a couple months or they're they're leaving counseling after a while you know there's so much that you can say and especially with residential because you spend so much time with them where how do i you know wrap all that up in a a sentence or two and that's really why i started doing the graduation letters that you can read examples of in my book addiction recovery that i didn't you know what do you say to someone's about to walk out the door and as a addiction professional it's a scary moment because you don't necessarily know how that's going to to end and usually when they leave that's such an important transition time that you either find out shortly afterwards that they're they're doing okay they're still maintaining abstinence or you find out that people relapse and ended up hospitalized it was a fatal relapse overdose um they're back in jail so you know when someone's about to walk out and be done and you're you're saying bye to them like I felt like wishing good luck was a cop out, but I didn't want to leave them with nothing. You know, I didn't want it to be where, you know, I just don't say anything. Cause that'd be really awkward, right? Like, I don't know what to say to you. So we're just going to be silent. So instead of wishing them good luck, I, I started saying something else to them. And I'm going to say the same thing to all my listeners that I would say to them when they graduated and when they left or finished treatment and counseling is I want to say to all my listeners, I'm going to wish you good decisions. I want to wish you good decisions going forward and what you face and to help you not just get through life and the challenges we face, but also wish you good decisions and hopefully what will help you to get the goals you want, the wishes you have, the desires, the dreams, to help you get through the hard times, the challenges. I believe that good decisions can ultimately help with all of those. Thank you for listening. Hope you learned something.